Button batteries are small round batteries that power various electronic devices such as watches, remote controls, and even children's toys. They are small and shiny, which is why young children will sometimes grab them and put them in their mouths. But they can cause severe injury if a child swallows a button battery and it becomes lodged in the digestive tract. I'm Dr. Shannon Charlebois, medical editor for the Canadian Medical Association Journal. Today, I'm talking to Dr. Sabithri Ratnapalan, one of the authors of a CMAJ practice article about button battery ingestions in children. Dr. Ratnapalan is a pediatric emergency physician at the Hospital for Sick Children in Toronto. It's time to take yourself and your practice further with advice suited to your unique financial needs. With the combined expertise of MD Financial Management and Scotiabank Healthcare Plus, you get access to a full suite of specialized financial planning services tailored to you at every stage of your career. It's the expertise that meets your complex needs today and tomorrow. You've come a long way. Take your finances further with MD Financial Management and Scotiabank Healthcare Plus. Many adults may not be aware that simply being over 50 puts them at increased risk for shingles. Help prevent shingles in patients over 50 with Shingrix. Shingrix is indicated for the prevention of herpes zoster aged that or shingles in adults 50 years of age or older. Consult a product monograph at gsk.ca slash Shingrix slash PM for contraindications, warnings and precautions, adverse reactions, interactions, dosing and administration information. To request a product monograph or to report an adverse event, please call 1-800-387-7374. Learn more at thinkshingrix.ca. This episode is brought to you by Dr. Bill. Dr. Bill makes billing on the go easy and pain-free. Add a patient in as little as three seconds and submit a claim with just a few taps. Start your 45-day free trial today. Visit drbill.app slash CMAJ. That's D-R-B-I-L-L dot A-P-P slash CMAJ to get started. Dr. Ratnapalan, welcome. Thank you for joining us. Thank you very much, Dr. Shalabo, for inviting me. I am very passionate about button battery ingestion should not happen. Um, so thank you again for this chance. We are so excited to have you because this has been a, an absolutely shocking article uh, for me personally, both as a GP in the community and as a mother of three small children. Why did you write this article? So we have been talking about button battery ingestions in our regular rounds. There have been a couple of presentations every time we have a bad outcome or a child who had significant morbidity with a button battery ingestion. And at some point, um, Dr. Zapriski and I thought that we should write this up because it's not good enough that we talk in our little circle. This has to be prevented. Parents and practitioners should everybody should know about this. Absolutely. Can you can you tell us exactly what you mean by button battery? So button batteries are batteries that look like coins or buttons, as opposed to the slightly elongated. 3A and 2A batteries that we are all familiar with. So these batteries are really, really tiny and very, very useful in many electronic devices. So previously it used to be just the watches. Now we have them in musical cards, candles, the key fobs. It's pretty much everywhere. And um, even in children's toys and their shoes that light up when they walk. So they're, they're out in the open and being used exclusively. 
in many small electronic devices. The reason for this is they have a long shelf life, they're small, and um, it's very easy to get them into smaller devices. Now, these button batteries are usually made up of um, different metals. We have the silver ones, and more recently, we have the lithium ones. So the lithium ones are supposed to be worse. However, the button battery, the shape itself is a problem. So it's not always lithium button batteries that you get, and most of them have the letter CR on them to say that there's chromium because regardless of what metal is used, there's chromium in it. So that's why it says CR. And they come in different uh, sizes and different voltages up to three volts. So how frequently do children swallow button batteries? And is this becoming an increasingly common problem? It has become an increasingly common problem, at least from the US data. But more than how common it is, it's how bad it is that matters here. So if a child swallows a button battery and it doesn't get removed within a couple of hours, it just burns through the tissues and uh, erodes into major arteries and other important organs. So that can cause significant morbidity and there have been several deaths. So sadly, what we see is a child dying and the parents going on social media and then the media picks up um, and you have a you know, a newspaper article or a TV program on it, and then it just dies down until the other child dies. And this has to stop. Yes. How is button battery ingestion managed? So traditionally, when we have any ingestions where you have to go to the operating room to get it removed, we say, don't give anything by mouth. Now, that's different in button batteries. So if we cannot prevent it, and we know that a child has ingested button batteries, parents and caregivers can give honey at home if they have honey. So they get two teaspoons of honey, you know, up to six doses every 10 minutes, they can keep doing that just to coat the button battery so that it doesn't erode into the esophagus. Because the button battery is flat and both the positive and negatives are so close to each other, when they're stuck in the throat or the esophagus, what happens is there's a connection. So when there is an electrical connection, there's electrolysis and you get alkali formation, which actually burns through the tissue and it goes in. And if you look at some of these YouTube videos, you will see people doing experiments with button batteries on uh, ham or balonies and showing how quickly they erode through tissues. So that's one of the things I want to get across that there is first aid. Um, until they get to the hospital. That's one of my favorite parts about this article and one of the only thing that really relieves my terror in thinking about all of this because I, I did watch one of these videos you mentioned on uh, BBC and you, you see how much damage one of these can do to tissue, how quickly. Um, but it, it's great for um, public knowledge that the parents can give something as simple as honey while they're on their way to the hospital. So the second thing is which hospital do they go to, right? So ideally, they should get to a hospital where this battery can be removed as quickly as possible. So you could call your family doctor 
but the family doctors should make sure that the child doesn't come to their office for a referral that they go straight to the emergency department. It should be an emergency department where you will have a pediatric ENT surgeon who would take it out. So that's the second thing, where do we go? And the third thing is, depending on where this child lands before they get to definitive treatment. So in case you have this child coming to your local emergency department, you can start giving them sucroflate, which would also coat the button battery and reduce tissue damage and then send them as quickly as possible for definitive treatment. So that's one um, aspect of treatment. The second thing is you take x-rays and you take two views to make sure that you know where the battery is. And then we have an algorithm that says, you know, age of the child, type of battery, size of the battery, and where it's lodged. So if it's anywhere in the esophagus, it has to come out as quickly as possible. So this is your priority one to the operating room. And then there are other um, considerations depending on where the battery is, what the size is, and then we can go through that at leisure. But anything in the esophagus or in the nose it has to come out as quickly as possible. Oh, in the nose, that's a good point. I hadn't considered that that might be a good place a child would, would think to stick one. Yes. So that's one aspect of management. The second one is when you do not know that a child has ingested a button battery. So people go to the cottage, um, the child is a little, you know, tired, they're throwing up a couple of times and you think, ah, it's probably nothing, probably a bug that child caught. But if there's any suspicious that it could be a button battery when they reach your emergency department, get an x-ray to see what's going on. Because without an x-ray, you won't see it. Sometimes the parents say, oh, the, my child swallowed a coin. Unless they know 100% it's a coin, get an x-ray and get two views. Because on the x-rays, uh, this is for physicians, you could see a tiny halo um, in the AP view, and then you'll see the slightly different um, sizes uh, on both sides of the battery on the lateral view. So X-ray, not just to uh, confirm that it's a button battery, but also to see the size and the, uh, and the site where this is lodged, and then emergency management from there. What sort of long-term complications are you seeing in these patients? So Long-term complications can be two kinds. Number one, you know that there's a button battery um, and you know that it has eroded. So you expect these complications like esophageal atresia and um, strictures and difficulty swallowing and whatnot. If they had eroded further into the main vessels, then there's so much more surgical complications that happen because of all the surgeries this child had to undergo to manage the damage caused by the button battery. So that's one lot. The second lot is when you have successfully removed the battery and you think everything is fine and it's not because these button batteries uh, due to electrolysis cause alkali formation, which 
reacts with the tissue and there's what's called saponification, which, which is like soap formation and it erodes through. So alkali is worse than acid. So even after removal, you could have continued tissue damage. So that's another thing that parents and practitioners have to be aware of. The first sign of anything unusual, these children should be seen as quickly as possible to assess what else is going on. In these cases, obviously, prevention is worth quite a bit. What steps can parents take to prevent this in their children? The first step is to be aware that there there are button batteries in many electronic devices and to make sure these devices are not at reach for the toddler age group. Surprisingly, many children, or not surprisingly, many children can get through the child locks and open things. They did a study to show that 30% of children can actually open these things with a child lock and 30% of adults cannot sometimes. So make sure that these are out of reach, especially for toddlers with their little fingers, they try to poke and prod on everything. Number two, if you are removing the button batteries, put them away safely in trash. Don't keep them for recycling or any other noble purposes because storing old button batteries, which you think are spent, is a nightmare waiting to happen when a child finds it. Because even batteries that are completely empty uh, and not functional as you think would cause damage if swallowed. The third thing is be suspicious. If there is an ingestion or if your child is acting a little unusual, especially in circumstances where they could have had access to a button battery, get them seen, get an x-ray and then take it from there. So is this only a problem in pediatrics? Not really, because, you know, pets can swallow it. But more than that, uh, the elderly population sometimes mistake this for pills and have swallowed this too. Um, The older population also have a habit of saving everything and making sure things are not wasted. So if you have a device where you're not using the batteries every day, they take the batteries off and keep it separate so the battery doesn't drain. I know uh, quite a few people who do that. And then you have your pills and you have these battery button batteries that look like pills in the same drawer and they have been inadvertent swallowing with the older population or the elderly population where they have thought it was a pill and swallowed it. So I've been absolutely shocked by how common these are in children's toys. I almost just bought my son a little robotic dinosaur for his finger for Christmas that was recommended by, you know, a, a major uh, magazine in the States as a great toy for children. Uh, is What's the situation on controlling or trying to legislate the use of these, at least in children's toys in, in Canada? There has been a lot of talk about it, but nothing has happened. Uh, as far as legislation goes as to where you can or cannot put it. 
the manufacturers have started covering the negative pole, which is the smaller side of the button battery with a plastic cover so that, um, you know, that's kind of protected. But you're going to take that cover when you put it into a toy. So as soon as it goes into a toy, it's a disaster waiting to happen. So it's very useful. And I personally, as an adult, like these button batteries because they are so useful, they're so compact, and they power a whole lot of electronics. Um, I think safer locks. Um, and then also, you know, not being able to remove them after you put it in a children's toy, maybe another way to go. So you completely seal the battery compartment. So you use it until the battery lasts and you throw it, which is 100 times better than a child ingesting it. Absolutely. Thank you so much for joining me today, Dr. Ratnapollin. Thank you very much for having me. I, and I really hope this message gets across to everybody caring for children. I've been speaking with Dr. Savithri Ratnapalan. You can find the article she co-authored at cmaj.ca or by clicking on the link in the show notes. I'm Dr. Shannon Charlebois, medical editor for CMAJ. Thank you for listening.